to this week's Dev on the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining me in the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Whiteside, right, Paul? Hi, Rob, you alright, mate? You having a good week celebrating the win against Saints? Yeah, it's getting good, isn't it? Yeah. Really, uh, really good, mate. Looking forward to Holland, mate. I should to Holland Friday. Cool. Also, during the show, we've got Ryan Wilson, right, Ryan? Yeah, not too bad, Rob, mate. Yeah, it's been a great week, hasn't it? Oh, brilliant, mate. I'm on a massive eye at the minute with uh, the last few wins we've had, so uh, long may it continue. Cool, so what have we got on the show this week, Paul? Yeah, we've got the news, we've got a preview of, sorry, we've got a review of the St. Helens game, we've got the amateur report, we've got interviews with Lamatazi, George Griffin and Jennifer O'Brien, and we've also got a preview of the big game against Hull on Friday. Cool, so what we'll do, we'll, uh, we'll start with the news. So all the news coming out of Salford Red Devils, lots to go through uh, this week. Uh, the big news is Robbie Hunter-Paul uh, is now involved in the club as our commercial media marketing consultant, Paul. Um, he used to play for Salford a few years ago and it's uh, good to have him back. Yeah, yeah, he played at Headingley as well when we were at Leeds. I've got quite a fond memories of Robbie Paul. Um, yeah, I think he did a couple of seasons, didn't he? 2008, 2009. Um, so I think he's been doing a very similar job at Bradford Bulls. I thought he was, he was still working at Bradford, so whether we've, we've posted him from Bradford, I'm not too sure, but he's a very likeable fellow, big personality in the game. He does a bit for the BBC as well, doesn't he? And a very, very sort of well-known face for, for, for the media and for the general public as well, so I'm, I'm sure he'll do a good job. Yeah, commercial media media marketing consultant Ryan uh, you know we talk about the, the club needing to get out there and market itself in the, in the local uh, community and obviously massive job for Robbie Paul ahead yeah huge job and it's, it's an excellent opportunity for Robbie as well um, and it's a, it presents a real challenge being being the media marketing and commercial consultant at Salford obviously uh, as a business we need to grow um, with the players that we've got now and the, the performances that the squad are putting in I'm sure he'll um, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure he's got a big, he's got a big job at hand, um, but you know he's got the support of a winning team now. Um, I feel in the past we've probably lacked a little bit with the marketing side, so it's good that we've got someone who's focusing on that and someone who's accountable um, solely for marketing. Uh, and yeah, I think it's a great appointment. Robbie's, you know, he was an amazing player, won Super League Grand Finals with with Bradford, and uh, you know he's he's very well respecting the game. Really good talker as well, so I'm sure he'll be good on the on the match days. So yeah, I think it's a great appointment. Yeah, it sounded sounds like uh, Paul. He, he went to kind of university after his sort of playing career and, and kind of built this in, into his career. And it's it's great. Obviously, he's going to bring new ideas into the club, and you know it's only going to be good, I think, for the for the club moving forward. Yeah, definitely. You know, as a player and sort of a rugby league personality, Robbie Paul's been there and done it, and he's won won more or less everything in the game and had a lot of experience as well. And you know, every time I've heard him talk, he's got a lot of knowledge. Robbie Paul, he's played for a lot of different teams, and um, you know, he's been around for a long time as well. So he's seen the, the game change you know, over the Super League era, and, and there has been a massive change. That if you go back over the sort of the last twenty years or so, and he's been part of a lot of that. So. Uh, Got a wealth of experience, and uh, you know he's a, he's a likable guy as well. And I'm, I'm sure, like the said, that I think he'll, it'll be a good job. And I think it's a good appointment. Yeah, so that's good news. And as I say, we'll see what he brings to the table. Uh, next bit of news: Craig Cop, Jack uh, signed a new contract. Ryan, uh, he's been great, and he's uh, pulled down that red shirt and fully deserves his uh, new contract. Yeah, he's had been absolutely brilliant for us, Coppy, and absolutely delighted to see him sign a new deal for, for three years as well. It just 
it's just amazing seeing all these all these players and coaches and people like Robbie Hunter Parker when he comes to the club and it just seems like we've got so many good people now like you know around the place you know Gareth Carvel, Liam Watson, Ian Blees, you know the players are probably the most decent players we've ever had and the best players we've ever had as well so it's, it's just exciting times I, I just I just can't believe it to be honest the last few weeks it's, it's been it's been incredible I've, I've never known a more positive few weeks supporting Salford and everyone's talking about us at the minute um, so you know let's get used to that yeah, it's great. Obviously, you know, he's, he puts in fine performance after fine performance, Paul. Uh, you know, he's, he's led this team uh, in the last 12 months to me, and it's, you know, getting him tied down is as important for me as, as the likes of Gaz O'Brien. Yeah, it certainly is. I called him the cornerstone of the pack, and I think he's the cornerstone of the team, and he's, he's a leader, and you've only got to see the way he plays the game. And I mean, I know Michael Dobson's the captain, but, you know, Craig Copjack's a, a huge part of that, that side, isn't he? And, and, you know, Certain players, you know, most of the players and all the players look up to, to Craig, don't they, in the way he plays the game. And um, I'm glad he's, he signed that, that contract extension because I think he's he's been one of the best signings in the last few years. Craig Kopchak has been, been superb. He never lets us down. And we say the same thing every week when we do our minor matches, don't we? You'll find look, there's at least you know, half a dozen people every week saying he's minor matches. He's always up there and he uh, never lets us down, never puts a foot wrong. So we're I'm delighted that he's, he's, he's staying. Yeah, uh, next bit of news as well um, is the coaching staff uh, managed to get uh, new contracts as well uh, Martin Gleeson Willie Poaching and Greg Brown all tied up on long term contracts uh, Ryan it's great obviously Ian Watson able to keep his trusted uh, lieutenants together absolutely yeah it's just just incredible really what, what's, what's been happening at the minute we've just got such a solid foundation of staff now um, you know Ian Watson has just signed a new contract uh, Martin Gleeson Greg Brown who's a very very highly rated conditioner Willie Poaching who's always just come in he's signed a new contract as well I've never seen anyone sign a new contract as quick as uh, considering he's only just joined the club but you know talk swap these guys together for the next three years they'll, they'll, have, a, they'll have it looks like there's a set plan in place to, to really achieve something and I, I'm confident I really am yeah, I think it's great. Obviously, we, we talk about Willie Poaching, Paul, his, his, his influence on, on the team. Our defensive uh, you know, structure is much harder, you know, stronger now, isn't it? And we're going to put that down to him, aren't we? Yeah, I, I mentioned that on the podcast last week about Willie Poaching. And I think, you know, Ian Watson has rightly been getting a lot of plaudits, but I think Willie Poaching as well, a lot of the work he's done has probably got a bit unseen. He's flown under the radar a bit, but, you know, he, know, he knows his stuff, Willie Poaching. He's been around the game a long time, you know, playing at the highest level. And it's no um, sort of coincidence that our defence has improved tenfold this season. I mean, you look at how much progress we've made since that middle eight of last season when we, we sort of struggled a bit, didn't we? You know, losing it over to London, we lost it over to Ulcair, it was a bit patchy when we lost to Leeds, lost to Leeds. You know, we, we struggled in that, but you know, in that short space of time, those few months coming into the, this season, I mean, there's not been a vast turnaround in players. It's more or less, you know, the same sort of side, you know, barring one or two additions who've come in. Willie Poaching's come in there, and it, it's no coincidence that, that you know, we're defending miles better. We look a, a more solid unit. You look at the game on, on Thursday night against St. Helens, and they, they struggle to break us down. I think a lot of teams have done this season. We look really, really solid now, and uh, we look like a team. Yeah, obviously Martin Gleeson as well did some great work for the, for the uh, sort of the academy and the youth team, and now he's been promoted to the uh, the first team. Ryan and, he, and he's continued that good form. We look organised. We look, you know, we're balling and we're looking creative as well. Uh, you know, it's, it's good signs for me. It, it, really, it really is. <laughs> I, I can't speak highly enough what Ian Gleeson has done since he's been the club. But just just getting that uh, stability, continuity. It's just it's just going to make a more 
stable environment. I, I believe people will be able to buy into that as well. Whereas in the past, it's, it's a bit of a mess, hasn't it? Um, let's be honest. But for the next few years, we've got these great people around the club. I'm sure they've got targets in place, goals and dreams, and hopefully they can achieve that. Yeah, fitness is always a big thing as well. And Greg Bowne has, has put the uh, the squad through the paces, Paul. Obviously, people talk about fitness. Nobody's moaning about how you know unfit the players are. You know, we're, we're pushing teams all the way, aren't we, physically? And it's all down to him. Yeah, certainly is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, players look players looking top notch. There's not been a game this season where we've uh, been found wanting in the last 20 minutes and running out of steam, and that we've been finishing the stronger in a lot of the games. So, uh, so yeah, Greg's done a good job, and he's been there a few years now. Greg, Greg Brown, he's doing a great job, and uh, yeah, same with same with Martin Gleeson, another good character around the club. You know, working really hard along with Willie Poulter and uh, Ian Watson. So, uh, long may it continue. Yeah, obviously, you know, uh, paper talk as well. Looking at League Express, uh, players obviously looking for new deals. Robbie, Rob, Louis. Um, Ryan uh, looking expressing interest in, in getting a new contract um, you know for next season uh, so far he's, he's, he's been hot hasn't he uh, so it could be a, a bit of a dilemma for Ian Watson with the potential fan, potential players coming in yeah we were into Gareth uh, Gareth Winnett from St George <laughs> a couple of weeks ago which was just ridiculous obviously we brought Todd Card in as well so I imagine Lewis uh, it's, it's a real tough one because you obviously want as good as players possible uh, as good players as possible at the club um, but Robert Lewis has been superb this year and his club mates with Ben Murdoch and um, and Junior South so I'd, I'd certainly look to offer him a new deal especially after the comments he made in uh, the League Express this week you know he said there's something special happening here really want to commit my long term future to the club they're the sort of people you want you know is Gareth Woodard really going to want to move from second in the league in the NRL to join Salford probably not I'd rather keep Robert Lewis keep that continuity keep that stability let's stick to our word and he's been superb this season easily one of the best halfbacks and we've probably got the best halfbacks in the league when you look at Tom Carney, Rob Lewis, and Michael Dobson. Michael Dobson has been superb this year as well. So I'd stick with Robert Lewis personally um, and yeah, get inside up, give him what he wants. Yeah, I suppose all three of them, uh, the likes of Todd Carney. Uh, Michael Dobson and Robert Louis Paul you know the three class players aren't they all fighting for them two positions half-back positions and it, it pushes each other on which moves the team on doesn't it yeah it certainly does I mean it's still early days with Todd Carney we've not seen much of him we've already seen him uh, a bit in the witness game and you know he still, he still looks a bit I don't know about about Todd at the moment he's a, he's a class player isn't he but he's not sort of fitted straight into the system but uh, I'm sure he will be I'm sure he will but he's going to put pressure and that's putting pressure on Robert Louis though I think and since Todd Carney's come over, Robert Louis's performances have been miles better. I mean, this season, uh, you know, compared to last season, he was a bit out of form, carrying injuries and things like that. But this season, he's looked, he looked top-notch, looked really dangerous and you know, superb again against St. Helens on, on Thursday night, as was Michael Dobson. I mean, Michael Dobson's performances have been brilliant. I mean, the first season Michael came, he struggled with injuries, but last season and this season, you can't fault him, he's been, he's been super. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of weeks. Uh, obviously, players, you know, will be looking at tying up the futures, won't they? So it'll be good to see, you know, who Ian Watson uh, wants to build round in uh, 2017. Uh, next bit of news uh, is Challenge Cup tickets for the Toronto Wolfpack game uh, are now on sale at the club. Uh, Ryan, 12:15 kickoff. Uh, it's going to be a you know great occasion that one, I think. Yeah, when we got when we were drawn against Toronto, I thought, yeah, that's you know, that's a pretty tough draw, but. I think, you know, being the first Super League team to play in a competitive game uh, would be really good. Also, it'll give, give us a little bit of exposure um, as a club. 
and we should really be winning against uh, a League One side at home. Uh, I'm not too worried about that. Um, but yeah, I, I feel it's a really good draw. So, so gives a lot of attention yeah uh, tickets are £20 for adults £15 for concessions £10 for juniors and you can get in the club 18 35 at £25 an adult £20 for concessions and £15 for juniors uh, tickets can be purchased by calling 0161 786 1574 or visiting the uh, e-ticket uh, website uh, for the Salford Devils uh, Paul you know we're hoping that you know they'll get a decent crowd obviously you know it's uh, quite a interesting fixture uh, being uh, trying so Wolfpack being the first ever professional transatlantic sports team, uh, it'll be a, it'll be a good game, I think. Obviously, they've got a lot of players, haven't they, from the likes of Lee, um, you know, and they're in form as well. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, for what I've, I've not actually seen them play this season. I've, I've read a lot about them. I've been following. I know quite a lot of the players in their squad. You know, from from Lee and I think Adam Sidlow's playing over there as well. So there's quite a few connections. Andrew Dixon, you know, players who played at Salford before. And yeah, Challenge Cup as well. I mean, it doesn't matter who you play in the Challenge Cup. It's, it's, it's a premier competition, but one of them for me anyway. Challenge Cup is always very special. It's a home draw as well. So you know, we've just not got to take that game lightly. We've got to, every game in the Challenge Cup we should be playing as if it's a Challenge Cup final for me and uh, play your strongest side. And I hope I'm sure Ian Watson will do. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a good occasion. Like Ryan said, the exposure as well. And playing Toronto, that, that's it's, it's all at the moment this season. Everything seems to be going our way at the moment. And uh, you know, hopefully that'll be another special day. In, uh, on route through to the last 16 of the cup yeah it'll be, a, it'll be a great to get a win there and you know kick on and, and get into that challenge cup in later rounds because obviously Ryan you know you want to be a competing don't you at that the, the quarter final semi final stage if you want to you know move forward as a club yeah this is a year where we really have to focus on the challenge cup we should be throwing absolutely everything at it our players are good enough to beat anyone on the day, especially at home as well. So we need to be aiming for a Challenge Cup semi-final at least this year. Yeah. So obviously looking at the the, uh, the Challenge Cup now. Also, we've got Magic Weekend as well to look forward to. Uh, tickets are now available, uh, Paul. You know, a lot of Soul fans snapping up, aren't they? Yeah, they certainly are. If you've not been, it's it's a cracking day out there. The Magic Weekend. I've been to most of them. I think you know all over the all over the country and um, the, the good days. They're even better if you win. They're not so good if you lose, then you've got to sit there and watch another couple of games like with a face on you. But it's, it's a good day out here, really. It's well worth it as well. You want to try to be able to watch three, three and sometimes four games as well. Um, it's, it's great. So uh, Newcastle's a good good night out as well if you've not been up there. So uh, get yourself to that one. It'd be great to see a lot of Salford supporters there all together and cheering us on because uh, I know last season we was all sort of spread about all over the show. What but if we can all get together this season and uh, really really get get a result there against Lee because um, it's, it's a winnable game, isn't it? And if we can if we can beat Lee three times and, and the witnesses of this world, we're going to uh, finish in that top eight. Yeah, the, the tickets are available. Probably day tickets uh, from fifty five pounds. There's category one tickets for forty eight pounds for adults or twenty four uh, for juniors. Unreserved seating is twenty four. Uh, for adults are 12 for category 1 category 2 is 38 pounds and 19 pounds for concessions or unreserved is 19 for adults and 950 for juniors uh, and category 3 category 3 which we're going to presume behind a post somewhere is is uh, 12 pound 50 for unreserved tickets and 6 pound 50 um, Ryan I would say it's a decent price for, for such a big event yeah it's, it's a- I feel the prices are fairly standard to be honest, £20, I don't think a game of rugby league should be any more than that. Yeah, it's, 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 it's fairly standard, if, if I was running rugby league, I, I, I think we should try and keep the cost down. I, I don't think a game for any rugby game should be more than 15 quid to be honest, but yeah, 20 quid is not too bad. Um, it's a big occasion as well, Toronto's first 
um, you know, going against a, a Super League team. So I'm sure we'll get a decent turnout for it. Yeah, um, there's also weekend tickets available as well, um, ranging from £80 uh, down to £20 if you're a season ticket holder. Uh, coach travel as well going uh, to the game. Uh, it's £15 if you're a season ticket or £20 if you're not. Paul, you know, obviously our coaches, uh, you know, the club get uh, is it 25% as well of, of, of anybody if you buy um, a ticket from the club. But it's important, obviously, if you're getting up to Newcastle, you, you know, everyone gets on the coach and everyone gets together, isn't it? That's right, that's right. And just, just on that, Rob, you know, going about the phone numbers and websites and all that, you've got a bit best off just buying the tickets on Good Friday. You know, when we play Lee, you can always go to the ticket office there, can't you, and get your tickets. That's what I tend to do, you know, for the next away game, just, just buy it there or whatever. So uh, I'm sure you can do that. But yeah, if you can go on the coach and that from the club, it, it's great. You know, I've been on the coach years ago. I don't sometimes tend to go on them as much now because uh, I take my dad like, but I used to go on them all over the show down to London Broncos, places like that. It's a good laugh and a good day out. So if you can, get a coach. Yeah, pick up time. Uh, we pick up from Shanders at 9.45 the Royal Sovereign at 10 to uh, sorry 5 to 10 Eccles Town Hall at 10 past 10 uh, Dog and Partridge at 20 past 10 and then the AJ Bell at 10.35 um, you can ring the club or go to the AJ Bell like Paul said uh, and pick your tickets up uh, Ryan hoping for a big big, uh, big amount of coaches because obviously uh, we want a big following don't we yeah, definitely. I'm sure we will get a big following as well. Uh, took a, took a lot to witness. Obviously, won against Saints on Tally, so there's a lot of interest around the club at the minute. So I'd be pretty disappointed if we don't take at least 500 fans. Um, I've booked half their work to go. Hopefully, I'll get a get a space on the coach. If not, it's not the end of the world. Um, just getting my mates motoring. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Should be a really good away game, and yeah, I think we're going to win. Honestly, I, don't, I know it's a big shout, but I just, I just uh, I have a sneaky feeling we might win four in the bounce on Friday. Yeah, obviously the Magic Weekend tickets, uh, sorry, Magic Weekend shirts are now available as well for £48, Paul. You know, it looks good, the, shirt, the shirt's bright yellow, and, and you know, we're going to stand out, aren't we, in, uh, in uh, Newcastle? Yeah, they certainly are, they certainly are, they, they look alright to me, I mean, I thought the colour was a bit, bit strange really, you know, with it being the Red Devils, but it looks nice, it looks a nice shirt, and I'm sure they'll, they'll sell plenty, but it'll be great to see loads of them and in the crowd at Newcastle yeah you can get them on the Raging Bull website or folks pick them up from the, from the club on a, on a match day um, looking at also the other news the Silver Red Devils Foundation have, have an offload programme uh, trying to help uh, build people's uh, mental health uh, Ryan you know in association with State of Mind as well uh, so it's great obviously in the old uh, that the club are trying to reach out to, to fans because obviously some some fans including sort of men like us don't really talk about our feelings much so it's, it's important that if you know if you do want a bit of assistance that the club are able to give you that yeah it's for a really good cause like State of Mind big, big enough Australia isn't it I've seen the State of Origin adverts where they, they've spoken a lot about that so it's just really good for the club to get involved with something like State of Mind it's, uh, it's for a really good cause I'm sure Sure, we'll sell a few shirts and uh, make them a few quid. <laughs> yeah, so obviously contact the Sulphur Red Devils Foundation if, if you need that uh, assistance. Uh, next bit of news, uh, tomorrow uh, the rugby league clubs get together and vote on a, a salary cap sort of increase, Paul. Uh, Marwan Kukash has, has banged the drum a long time to try and get an increase on the salary cap or, or to abolish it altogether. What do you think? Do you think he'll get uh, his wish this time round? Um, I don't think he'll get you know, the, the abolishing it altogether. I don't think that will come into place. But I think definitely an increase on it. You know, I think that's going to be coming. I can, I can see a lot of clubs voting for that. I'd expect the likes of uh, Warrington, Wigan, St. Helens. You know, teams like that are going to vote for that, aren't they? Surely to God. 
I mean, if you look at like rugby union, I think their salary cap's seven million. Um, I'm not sure what has it. What sounds about one point eight. So he's never really gone up, has it? The last few years, but he's been the same now. I think for, for at least the three or four seasons. So, uh, so yeah, I think he's, he's got to go up on it now. And you, you know, if you've got to hang on to players and, and that, he, he's got to he's got to move with the times, hasn't it? But I'm not just. I mean, if it was left to me, I'd probably just get rid of it altogether because I, I don't think he was. We never used to have one years ago, did we? I know people said, oh, Wigan used to win everything, but I think times have changed, aren't they? It's not the same anymore. So, um, so yeah, a definite increase for me, though, uh, definitely. Yeah, to, obviously, Ryan, to compete with Rugby Union and compete with Australian Rugby League, you know, the clubs need to have that financial power, don't they? And, you know, if we are able to attract the best of the best, uh, we need to pay them the big money too. Yeah, this is a really, really tough question because, for me, this season Super League has been by far the most competitive that we've ever seen. Um, but I do agree we, need, we do need to raise the cap but at the same time I don't want to see us raise it too high that the teams at the top such as Weed, Wigan um, St. Helens etc just winning everything I know they win most of the time anyway but I, I just feel it's so I just don't want us to lose that sort of competitiveness that we've got at the minute and I feel if we ra- ra- raise it to 5 million like the NRL there's only going to be a select few clubs who can afford that. And also, you'll have some of the smaller clubs probably spending you know, way too much money and living out of the means and just going bust. So it's really important this meeting tomorrow. I do hope they get it right, but I don't want to see us losing players to, to rugby union the fact that Danny Solomon is sort saga because you know, it's just bad for the sport. So, yeah, I do hope they get it right tomorrow. It's about getting a balance, isn't it, Paul? Really, that you know these clubs, you know, sometimes push themselves to the absolute limit, and you know if they spend too much, you have that sort of fear that they could fold. So I suppose having the cap at one point eight million pound, it allows the clubs to manage the finances a bit better. Let's just flip it over the other way. What do you what do you say to that? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I'm with Ryan. Really, is he? And you, Robert, is finding a balance. I mean, you've already got to go back like sort of twenty years ago. You had Oldham in the Super League, and they they did all sorts. They could do getting decent crowds. I think they spent loads and loads of money, didn't they? And ended up going bust, and they never recovered from that. You know, a great rugby league town like that. Um, I think working some of the same. They came into Super League, and, and they've ended up like a couple of leagues down. And it's happened to quite a few teams, hasn't it? I mean, you've only got to look at Bradford Bulls. All the success that Bradford had. Perhaps they were spending too much money, and it looks like they were now because they're suffering and paying for it now, aren't they? So you have got to be careful, haven't you? Live within your means and not spend too much money, and only spend what you can afford. So um, clubs would, I think, would get reckless, wouldn't they? If it was like a, a limit, they did throw everything and stuff, wouldn't they? Because that's what people do. Um, you can imagine Derek Bowman and Hugh Cash if there was no no salary cap, they'd be throwing money in and everywhere, wouldn't they? So uh, I think you've got to have have a limit, but um, I think it does need adjusting. And I'm, I'm sure they'll get it right. So I'm sure they'll, they'll come to some sort of a yeah, it'd be interesting to see Ryan. Obviously, you know, it's like Paul said. You know, some owners have more money than others, don't they? So, you know, you'd, you'd have that kind of, uh, you know, the owners who have a lot of money putting a lot of money in. For me, I, I think it's important that the clubs kind of build correctly and build at a decent pace. You don't want to go too fast, too quick, because uh, obviously, when that happens and you don't put the structures in place, you, you, your club goes down like a sack of cards, doesn't it? We don't want to move too quick, but if we. At this this play, this whole this is all the RFL's fault. If we were getting more money off Sky to tell her, we we should be getting I believe we get around two million a year off Sky each club in Super League. If those clubs were each getting four point five million off Sky like the Union get or to get off BT or whatever, 
You could raise the cap to seven million quid, but because it's so long failed to grow the sport from a commercial standpoint, you know, we can't we can't raise it that big. So for me I I'd like to see it raised to about two point five million and then also the marquee player on top. Um, but I would like to see the marquee player including that two point five million. Um, so that would allow clubs to bring in players like Sam Burgess if they wanted to or maybe like Danny Cipriani from, from Wasps. Um, for example, I, I do want to see the best players in Super League, and I, I feel if you did see a Sonny Bill Williams come over to Salford, for example, uh, speaking hypothetically, uh, you know, we, you would see an increase in attendances. But at the same time, I don't want to see another Bradford, another Oldham, another Workington like, like Paul um, alluded to. So it's a really, really difficult one. This, um, but. For me, like the, the Super League this year has been absolutely amazing. It's been the best league, uh, best season ever uh, in terms of competition. So, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't change too much. But the, the main thing for me is getting more money off Sky. I suppose it, the, that's the, not happened yet. The competition side of that, though, Paul, is you know, in Super League, we're allowed to raise their sort of salary cap. Uh, levels. What about the teams in the first division? You know, some clubs down there are, are kind of run on a string, on a shoestring, aren't they? And how are they supposed to compete with with a Super League club if, if they're um two and a half million a year? Yeah, well that's it. I mean, you've got some big clubs in the first division. I mean, you've got all Kingston Rovers. You're getting good crowds. I mean, you look at all Cairns crowds this season. They're getting sort of a lot more than half Super League. You know, six or seven thousand. I mean, we could do with crowds like that at the couldn't we? So you've got that that end of the scale. Um, to lose, you probably get a bit of money behind them, and then you go to the other end where you've got lots of Sheffield Eagles. No disrespect to these teams, by the way. Dewsbury, Batley, um, who are not getting the big crowds. Traditional rugby league clubs, who we all who we all love, but they obviously they've not got that sort of money. So I, I think you do have to be careful with it. Um, it's just about finding that balance, and I think you know perhaps two and a half, half million. I mean, this this salary cap thing, let's have it right, has not gone up even with inflation, has it? I don't think over the last few years. So I mean, you need to keep up with that. Um, I'm all for seeing these these big stars in Super League. What you don't want though is loads of Australians and New Zealand players coming over for a bit of an holiday and pocketing loads of money because you know we've had players like that over the last few years, haven't we? I mean, we're not name names, but we have. We've had players come over here and I think take advantage of the club. You don't want that. You want the quality to come over and uh, come over for the right reasons. But it is about finding a balance. I suppose it's it's a matter of targeting your your younger players, isn't it, Ryan? Really, they they should be being paid the the, the more money to keep them in our sport in a way. Yeah, I'm not too sure. I just I just think we should try and keep any players a decent player. It's just it's really sad. It, it hurts me inside when I see a Daniel Solomon go to sale. I can't blame him. You know, it's an absolute no-brainer. Do you know what I mean? But you know, we need to do more to, to keep these players and. You know, off the market players to make exemptions from people like Denny Solomon and moving across. Um, moving across. Um, it's, a, it's a really, really tough question, but the, the players deserve better wages, they deserve more money because it's just ridiculous. It's peanuts compared to rugby union now and the NRL. And then you look at football as well, but we have to get more money off Sky. God, please, please go out for tender the next time the TV rights are up. Because it's like the second most viewed sport on Sky. We get more viewers on television than rugby union most games, but we get half the money. It's just, I can't, 
can't work with swearing, but it's a terrible business. Someone who's just, sorry, hopefully it's Roger Draper who's coming. I know he, he was uh, influential in the fly Emirates deal for Warrington. I'm sure he'll um, be pretty decent in negotiations because in the past it's been absolutely woeful. Yeah, I'll be interested in interesting times ahead uh, on the you know tomorrow's meeting, and we'll see what what comes out of that, uh, Paul. But next bit of news, we've got a, a new flag uh, being uh, unveiled shortly. Paul, can you tell us a bit more about that? I can. Yeah, I had a message off Nicholas Fletcher last week. The new flag. Um, I've seen some pictures of it. We'll have to get it on the on the Facebook page and show everybody. I think that's going to be um, on show at the the league game. I think they've got it all ordered now and ready. It's uh, what are the colours of it, Rob? You've seen it. It's um, red. Yellow. We've got a bit of yellow and a bit of green on there. It's Salford, Lancashire. It looks um, looks good to me. The, the, the pictures I've seen of it. Yeah, I mean it's great, Ryan. That you know we help to generate the atmosphere. You know, uh, having flags out there and and the noise and you know it really kind of you know adds that bit of something special in it to a match day. Yeah, especially on the way days as well. When you take about 10, 15 flags and put them up in the stand before the game, I'm sure players like seeing them as well. So uh, yeah, if you've got any ideas to get some flags made, get them made, and uh, we'll retweet them on the, the Facebook page or in the Twitter page. So final bit of news: Georgina Balunas, the Red Angels head coach, has been selected to dance for England in the cheerleading World Cup in America in three weeks' time. Uh, Paul, um, she needs to raise five hundred pounds uh, to help her fund the, the trip. Um, she's on two twenty-five at the moment, uh, but it's great. Obviously, she's got that opportunity to to represent her country. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, representing your country is you know anything. Anything's good. And, but yeah, but the, the the dancers at Salford fantastic, aren't they? And uh, I, I just hope she gets that and uh, achieves a dream. Yeah, obviously representing your country, anything, uh, Ryan, is, is, a, is a big achievement. And obviously, you know, getting selected, I think she went through like a, a process having to pick through 50 other people to get into a, the dance squad is, is an amazing feat. And obviously, coming, uh, you know, being a, a local Salford girl, you know, you've got that kind of, uh, you know, proud moment. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, it's good to see we've got some quality cheerleaders uh, representing England. Let's... Yeah, so like I say, hopefully, you know, if you can go to a, a, a giving page uh, and try and put a tenner in the tenner in the pot like we did and hopefully we'll send her to, a, and to, and to America and uh, she'll bring the cup home so that's the uh, the end of the news this uh, this week and what we'll do now we'll talk about the win against Settlers on Thursday night you're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your big match review So, Salford Red Devils victory against St Helens, 22 points to 14. Paul, what a great win. Yeah, it was a great win. It was a great all-round performance, Rob, I thought. You know, defence was superb. We took our chances against a very strong St Helens side who came into the game under a lot of confidence after a good win in France against Catalan. And, you know, a great demolition job against Warrington really and they beat them I think 31-6 the week before so they were coming into it on a lot of confidence and uh, you know we, we really uh, really took it to in that first half and to, to nil St Helens in the first half was a really good effort yeah on Sky as well Ryan you know sending out a message to the people watching at home that this team is a team going forward absolutely yeah it was, it was big for us to get a win on Sky I'm sure a lot of people would have been would have been watching. You know, I've spoken to people in work and when I've been out and about, and they, they all watched the game. And 
they've all been saying how, how much of a magnificent performance it was. So, yeah, huge win, three wins on the bounce now, and it's, it's fucking positive. So, Salford Red Devils open the scoring, a penalty kick by Michael Dobson. Uh, Paul, taking over, you know, the kicking duties from Gaz O'Brien in the main, you know, kick well. Yeah, he did, and it, it was an important uh, conversion that really, I think he came off for about 23 minutes, that, and it was a really tight opening to the game, wasn't it? And um, I think we said to each other, didn't we, at the time, oh, should, he, should he have run that there? But I think it was the right thing to do when it got us on the board, and, uh, you know, it was, it was a big play for us. Yeah, St. Helens are, uh, you know, a team to be reckoned with, Brian, and, and they gave a lot in that, in that first half. Uh, but Salford scored uh, through Craig Kopjack. Great work by uh, Brian in to send him through the gap to score. Uh, and Craig Kopjack beating his chest, showing all the passion uh, we, that we want to see on the field. Yeah, it was great to see Craig pick up a try, especially after signing his new contract as well. And I love little tries like that, little pass from uh, Chris Bryan, nothing nothing too fancy, but, uh, you know, Craig shot uh, Kopjack, he, he showed the strength to to get over the line it was good to go ahead at that point yeah 8-0 at half time Paul uh, but you know there was a lot of effort put in that first half from Salford uh, and you know much deserved that 8 eight point lead yeah it certainly was we had to do a lot of defending in that first half uh, St Helens had quite a lot of power and you know, had a few repeat sets on our line but the goal line defence I mean especially the, the last few home games as well the last few weeks I mean the Cats were it was fantastic they had a lot of possession and you know, they've scored a lot of points this season to keep them to, to the low score that we did. And the same with St. Helens as well. You know, they don't look St. Helens with the ball. They like to move the ball around. James Roby there, you know, storming onto the ball. They big pack of forwards as well. They've got his head tail, Wormsley, Luke Douglas. They've got some big players, haven't they? And McCarthy Scarsbrook's another one. So to keep them to nil in the first half, I thought, I thought it was a great effort. And then coming out to the second half, scoring three minutes into the second half through Michael Dobbs, you know, a try just before half time, a try just after half time. That sort of uh, tilted the game in our favour, I thought. Yeah, great break from Cotton. Jack uh, to send him over uh, Ryan uh, but it's great obviously all scoring tries just fa- just after and just before our time is, is a sign of, of a good side it is yeah that, that was a brilliant try that, that one uh, that Michael Dobson finished I believe it went for about five different players Tom Carney uh, Flanagan Dobson Copy potentially the one as well so yeah it's just good to see these really good tries from inside our own half as well so uh, hopefully we can score a few more of them this weekend yeah and St Ellen's weren't done with it Paul they came back uh, with a try from Warmsley barging over under the post um, you know obviously all the all the commitment they put into that uh, into the effort you know there it, it, it manages to tell in the end didn't it yeah I thought it was about a 10 or 15 minute spell where we had to really weather a storm against St. Helens and you know they did come back as you know with a try from Worms and they got that try from Ryan uh, Morgan just after that and he was they had a lot of ball in, in that, that, that period and we had to soak an awful lot of pressure up and we did I mean you know, I think when Worms scored I think they had a couple of sets of six there and a couple of, couple of penalties which I, I didn't agree with you know what going looking back at it but um, you know it is what it is you have to just get on with that and I thought we did weather that storm uh, to a certain extent and then the penalty goal from, from Dobson obviously edged us a bit further and from yeah talking about that second try Ryan, what a what a chase back by Michael uh, by Mark Flanagan uh, to to make the tackle there shows you know vintage. It was like uh, Darren Brown then years ago chasing down uh, Withers. It was it was a bit like a fantastic defensive effort. It was, and, and I, was, I don't know even know I caught him. It's kind of St. Helens winger loose forward. It's uh, it's incredible, really, really, isn't it? And just just whilst you're on defence, there our defence on Thursday night was absolutely brilliant. It's probably the best I've ever seen us defending Super League. Players like Lee Mossop and Lamatazi with them big shots, really stepping up in these big games. It, it, it was it felt like a 
a really, really big game on Thursday and we fully deserved the win because it was a, a really tough match as well. Yeah, Michael Dobson edged, edged us a bit further forward. Uh, Paul with, with a penalty kick. Uh, we, we talk about game management and, you know, I thought on Thursday night, him and Rob Louie and, and Todd Carney, when he came on, controlled the game and, you know, saw us over the line. They did. They made the right decisions at the right times. It was three tries apiece, wasn't it? But we won the game by... I think it was three tries apiece, something like that. We won the game by eight points, didn't we? So, you know, those sort of decisions are the right thing to do. I think we sort of 20 minutes to go. Right? It just edges you that, that score in front of that six-point that six point cushion. And, uh, yeah, then, then obviously we lost Robert Louis then to, to a Simbin. But I thought when, when Louis got Simbin, you know, we sort of galvanised us a bit. Our defence was even more solid. Um, obviously, then we scored when, when Louis was in the Simbin. So it just shows the, the, you know, the fighting spirit and the, the commitment, the desire of that, of that side at the moment I think and confidence as well it's just it's flowing through the team and you can see that on the, on the pitch it's, uh, it's, uh, it's for there for all to see fantastic yeah. I think going down to 12 men Ryan you know Salford teams in the past in that situation the closeness of the game may have collapsed but this one seemed to grow like Paul said yeah they did I feel like it galvanised them uh, going to up everyone steps up and you know, really, really push for that for that victory. Thoroughly for, for, for deserved as well. I thought, I thought at one to seventeen were absolutely brilliant on, on Thursday, and you know, hopefully can uh, you know build on that into this weekend. Yeah, it was a, it was a great uh, you know few minutes that in 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 that period. You know, the boys really you know put the effort in and, and you show commitment to the cause obviously in, in trying situations in season, in some season looking down the, you know, the line Paul you know we've collapsed before but this one you know we, we grew and I've got I think that's a good sign uh, for you know the games to come yeah, yeah. Um, Sixteen ten when, when Louis got got Simbin, you know, the Salford of old there would probably have collapsed there and lost lost the game twenty two sixteen or twenty four sixteen or something like that. But we didn't. We seem to have made a stir of stuff now. And what's impressing me this season is, you know, the attack's good. We've scored some great tries, but I think that there's a lot of steel in that defence now. And if you want to finish in the top eight, top six, top four, or whatever, you've got to defend well. I mean, you know, defence defence wins games, doesn't it? Let's have it right. You know, you keep keep a team out, you're going to win the game. And uh, I thought there was so much steel there in that, that defence. On, on on Friday night, it was fantastic, and it, it was a good win. It was a big win as well. I thought, you know, Sale was a big side, and you look at the sides we've beaten at home this season. We've had some tough games. You know, Wigan was an hard game, but we've beaten Warrington, Castleford, and St Helens at home. But they're they're three of the big the big guns in, in Super League. I don't I don't I don't want to have started the season very well, but they're a big side, aren't they? And we've had three really big wins there, and uh, you know if that's not going to get the crowds coming back to the AJ, but I don't I don't know what will. Yeah, so obviously the seesaw battle was on, um, and Salford made made the difference. Uh, kick through by Todd Carney, well and putting uh, pressure on uh, the Saints uh, defender spills the ball, uh, feeds Dobson, and, and Dobson goes over for a try, which you know wins the game for Salford. Great, wasn't it? Everyone absolutely mental when we scored that try because a lot of us were anxious previously with Rob Bobby getting the red card. But yeah, to see Dobson go over there, he, he was absolutely magnificent. Dobson on Thursday night, forwards uh, to uh, score the winning try, so brilliant. Kick on to next week. Yeah, obviously. During our commentary, Paul, we said that several times, didn't we? That the, the noise in the whole stadium was unbelievable. We, we talk about the, the Willows and the Shed, uh, but for me, Thursday night, you know, it could be up there with, with the best of them for me. Yeah, certainly can. I mean, you know, people might say we don't get the biggest crowds in the world. I think it's given it as 3,600 here, which people, other supporters, probably scoff at that. But you go to grounds like St. Helens and, and Wigan, you know, places we've been to over the years, I mean, they don't make, they don't seem to make that much noise. I think. 
you know, the, the supporters we have, they, they get behind us through thick and thin, don't they? And you go to away grounds and, and the same faces are there every week. And I think it's brilliant the, the passion that our supporters show. I mean, you can't knock them at all. I think you know, win, lose or draw, they sing it at the end and they, they get behind them for the, the full 80 minutes. So uh, we just need one or two more now. But I think we keep playing the way we are doing. I think people start buying into it and, uh, and believing that we're going to do well. Yeah, it was like a take. It was like a plane taking off, Ryan. It was so loud in that last 10 minutes. Uh, but we, we talk about, you know, making the AJ Bell feel like home and, you know, victories like that against St. Helens on Thursday night will, will help. Definitely. If we keep winning games like we are, um, but it, it, a lot has been said about the crowd, but the atmosphere has been absolutely brilliant. The people who are there are really good, but we need to consistently be a top six side for the next three, four years or not. And we need to get to a final as well. We're never going to see, we're never going to reach our max potential unless we, we do that. And it's all about having a good year this year, potentially making the top four, top five. But we need to be doing that every season. We don't want to be, you know, finishing bottom half next year. So um, it's only going to happen if consistent season after season. So we're going to have to be a little bit patient on the crowd front. But I do believe on Good Friday we'll get a really, really big crowd, especially on Friday. So yeah. See what happens. Yeah, like I say, Set Ellen's, um, you know, grabbed a try at the end, Paul, through Johnny Lomax, kind of a, of a breakaway try for them. Um, nerves were jangling, it has to be said, but we, we saw the game out. Yeah, we did. And like I said, that, that um, they missed a couple of goals there, Percival, so it sort of just, just kept that little cushion from us. And to be fair, um, to the Salford defence, they went out on their feet there, weren't they? And I think the extra man sort of told for Set Ellen's and. There was, there was some tired, tired uh, bodies out there, but you know, guys like Matt Flanagan, how much tackling did Matt Flanagan do? He's an absolute warrior on Thursday night, absolutely tremendous. I mean, I've just been reading the League Express, and I think Michael Dobson in the Albert Goldfarb table, he got three points, Copjack got two, and Alex Wormley got one, but how Matt Flanagan's not, not been mentioned there for uh, you know, one of the top players of that game, he was absolutely tremendous in that match. Yeah, obviously, the players were, were really happy about the performance. We spoke to Gaz O'Brien, George Griffin, and Lamatazzi after the game, and this is what they had to say. Great win tonight, Lamy. You know, against the side you played at last season. I think you had a bit of a point to prove. You know, we didn't for this week. You know, the stories about you Saints last season. You, you, you played really well tonight, didn't you? Yeah, I thought I went alright, man. I just you know, had to prove it to myself. I think you're doing that this season. You know, your performances on the pitch every week have been really consistent. And you, you know, you slotted back in there, and the fans are you're, you're real fans for you. So. No, I'm enjoying my footy again, and uh, you know, I've got some close mates here. And, you know, I'm happy. You know, I'm, I'm settled, and you know, hopefully, I can just keep this up. It's still early days, but uh, I'm enjoying it, man. That side's uh, you know building a bit of momentum. Now. Going to home next week, you must be full of confidence. You know, on the whole, the whole side, really. You now, looking to towards next week. Yeah, for sure. You know, we're full of confidence, but you know, we've done nothing. Turning round, what round nine? You know, hole will be tough at hole, and you know, we're just going to take week by week and see what happens. It's important that we keep our feet on the ground, I suppose. But yeah. you came up with some big, big hits again tonight. You know. Uh, that, that's your your forte, really. Some big tackles on there, really rattling. That because Saints have got a big pack up there. And, uh, we, we really had to front up it against them tonight. Yeah, no, I think they just slipped over and I got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not having that one now. No, I thought you did really well tonight, mate. Thanks, man. Appreciate Congratulations it. Congratulations and uh, good luck for next week. Thank you. Cheers, Appreciate yeah. it. Cheers, man. Joined by uh, Gaz O'Brien. Big win today, Gaz. Massive win, um, you know, against a, a really physical Saints team, and uh, I think that's three in a row. I don't think we've done that uh, for a long time, so uh, massive two points, and yeah. um, just need to recover now. Yeah, it was all very nip and tuck throughout the game. 
lot of effort put in by the boys there. Yeah, massively, especially our goal line D, you know, we've, uh, we've been really good all year to be fair. It's just our yardage these maybe let us down a bit, but um, you know, we haven't fought in a lot when we knew Saints were going to come come back and uh, exactly what they did. But uh, I think it was a gutsy win in the end, just just to finish the game out and uh, let's say get the two points. Yeah, looking forward to Hull next week, full of confidence after that. Yeah, that'll be uh, you know, that'll be a massive challenge going going over to Hull. Um, with their attacking threat uh, but yeah as I say we're, we're full of confidence there's no reason why we can't go there and get uh, another win yeah and joint top that's got to be a good feeling in it in the yeah. camp yeah feeling good um, we won't get too ahead of ourselves take a, each game as it comes and um, just look up the table yeah cheers thanks for talking to us on the Devil of the Day too thank you cheers mate thanks so I'm joined by George Griffin great win George oh uh, yeah awesome um, you know they're a good team Saints so we had to come with a good mentality and you know, we, we put it out there on the field and we know what we're capable of. So, yeah, just it's not surprising that we got the win because we know what we can do. Yeah, tough tough game though. St. Helens are a top side and they, they pushed us all the way, didn't they? Oh, you know, they, they got a big win over Warrington last week and Warrington a class team. So, we knew they were going to be tough to beat and we had to turn up. And, uh, yeah, we did do that. Yeah, Hull next week. Uh, boys going to be confident after that win? Uh, yeah, we're going to go there with the same mentality. We're not going to get above ourselves like um, I think we might have done in the past. Just going to go there, work hard on training this week and, yeah, take it to Hull next week. Yeah, joint top of the league. How's that feel? Uh, you know, it's still early days, but it's, it's good to be in that spot at the moment. Just see if we can hold it down. Cheers. Thanks for talking to us on Devil of the Detail. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thank you. Cheers, cheers mate. Thanks. Thanks very much. Devil in the so the players were all happy about that performance. Lamatazzi uh, put in some big hits, didn't he, Paul? He did. He did. And uh, he's, uh, he's a strange lad to, to talk to, Lamatazzi. He's very quiet. You know, for such a big guy, he's, he's really quietly spoken. And he stares right into your eyes when he talks. He sort of puts the fear of God into you. But I was a bit like frightened when he was talking to me. But lovely bloke. And um, he played really well. And, you know, there's a bit in the paper about him in the weekend. I did mention that to him on, Friday, on Thursday, sorry, about his time at St. Helens. And... Um, how we didn't fulfil his potential there. He had a few problems off the field and things like that. And I'm really pleased for him this season that he, you know he's, he's got his head screwed on. And he, he sort of said to me he owes it to his family and himself, you know, to, to perform for himself. And he is doing, and we're bearing the fruits of that this season. I think he's doing really well. And uh, long may that continue because you know some of the hits he puts in. I mean, these uh, I mean, we heard that one on um, on Thursday night, Rob. I think I said to you in, in the commentary and that um, you could hear one of those hits from where we were stood on the other side of the pitch. He hit somebody that had a cat yeah, and that, that's what he's you know been brought in for, isn't it, Ryan? You know his his physical presence on the field. He, he did it a lot. His first spell at us, and he's and he's obviously brought it back um, in his second spell. Oh, definitely, he's, he's in the form of his, his Super League career for me. Um, he's, he's, he's the bully of our side. He, he just batters everyone, doesn't he? Uh, puts a few shots in. You know, he, he certainly won't be on uh, Jack Owen's Christmas card list anyway, will he? So uh, yeah, let's hope he puts a few shots on this weekend against the big old pack. Yeah, we spoke to, to Gaz O'Brien and George Griffin. They talked about, you know, keeping the momentum going uh, and looking to the next game and, and keeping everything, you know, ticking over, Paul. And it's it's a good mentality, I think, to have. Yeah, it certainly is. It certainly is. And uh, I think from from like, talking to Watto as well, they're just taking each game as it comes. I know it's an old cliche and people say, that, oh, you just take each game as it comes. But I think you have to do, you can't really run away with yourselves it's like like Ryan just mentioned there I mean I thought I'd just, just, just mentioned that as well about the crowds and, and things it's not just the crowds it's the whole mentality of the club you can't just win sort of two or three games and, and just click your fingers and go oh, everything's magic now you have got to keep that going we've got to be consistent with this now it's, uh, it's no good just winning two or three and then losing two or three so 
obviously we've got some tough games coming up but if we can stay in the fight and, and be consistent and um, I'm sure um, I'm sure crowds will start coming and uh, you know only good things are going to come from it yeah right we obviously had a little joke about us being joint top and you know what what happens now but you know the players have got to realise that you know this this could be something you could be on for something bigger if we're able to continue our form and keep picking up wins you know top four top eight it could be on Yeah, Paul, you spoke to Ian Watson in coach's corner after the game, and this is what he had to say. Right, delighted to say Ian Watson's joined me. Thanks for taking time out, Ian. You must be really pleased with that tonight. Yeah, made up. It was. Um, I think the boys deserved it after all the efforts they put in there. I mean, I know Saints lost a few players as well, but we lost a hell of a lot of players today and had to do a lot of shuffling around as well, so it's all credit to the boys to come out on the, on the right side of it. Yeah, losing Greg Johnson early on there, you had to do a bit of shuffling there and it, it worked out well. Chris Well and, and, and Robert Louis did well on that side, didn't Yeah, they? I thought they were brilliant. Um, Robert Louis was brilliant first half for us as well and then even second half defending, we got under... Uh, they tried to test us on that side, obviously, we're going down, which which you would do as um, a coach. You'd look at Robert Louis, Todd Carney and Chris Wellham together and you think that they've not played together before. So try and test them out and that's what they did. Uh, but I thought Rob Louis came up with some great answers in defence. I know you don't like singling out certain players for praise, you know, you want for like beginning the team up, but I thought Mark Flanagan tonight was outstanding, especially yeah. that try saving tackle he did. Yeah, the, the things he does for the team kinda kinda make our team if you like as well. You don't kinda see a lot of the stuff that Flash does, but Flash does a hell of a lot of stuff off the ball and he's he's a massive part of us. He's kind of um, your glue, Flash is um, he kinda sticks you together. Yeah, how, how pleased were you with that defensive effort, especially going out of 10 men, uh, 12, 12 men, sorry, yeah. and that's the same thing about football, like, yeah. 12 men there at the, at the end, I mean, the, the grit we showed there, because Saints put us a lot, under a lot of pressure in that yeah, second well, half, didn't they? He started throwing the ball around all over the place, but to be fair, Gaz O'Brien came up with some real good answers there, and I know it's um, not kind of the things you notice defensively about Gaz, but Gaz is very good at talking at the back and numbering up and... We had to throw something different at Gaz in the last few minutes in the way we were defending uh, and Gaz nailed it to be fair and he got it right more times than not to make sure that they didn't break us down as easy as what they could, they could have done potentially being down to that many minutes. Have we picked up any injuries tonight? Oh yeah, there's a, there's a few uh, knocks in there. Is Chris, Bryan, is Chris Bryan in okay? Yeah, he, he's not passed his head test, John's not passed his head test. Um, there's a couple of others who are a little bit sore bodies but like I said, the good thing is now we've got a bit of a longer turnaround. So, yeah, so what we'll do is we'll give them the weekend off. It's been a really good week for the club, you know, real positivity about the place, you know, with new contracts, you've got new contracts, so, so many senior players have got new contracts. And there was no easing up tonight. They, they came out and really, really gave it to St. Helens, didn't they? Yeah, it, it, it doesn't matter if you're a professional, it doesn't matter whether you've got a contract or not, you still give your best um, every week, week in, week out. And that's the kind of players that we want at the club. And what we want to breed through the, the club as well is it doesn't matter if you've got a three year contract or even longer year contract than that, or a one year contract or three months, you're still giving your best every time you got on the field. I know you said like it's a longer turnaround this week, you've got eight days rest now, but the way the players are playing at the moment, I bet they want to play tomorrow, wouldn't they? Uh, not right now, they won't. <laughs> you know what, you know what I mean when I'm coming yeah, it's, like, it's, it's like everybody wants the ball yeah, but the confidence that's is flowing through the team the coming through your group the one yeah. thing for us is to make sure that we, we keep a level head here and we don't get over carried away it's um, three good wins on, on the bounce 
um, we need to make sure that we keep our head down and look, for, look forward to Hull and remember what's got us here. And especially with a tough Easter programme coming up. I mean, going, yeah. going into to Easter with maybe 10, possibly 12 points, that's, that's going to be something. Yes, because the Easter period is always a difficult period anyway. Um, the big thing for us is we wanted a real good approach to Easter. We spoke about it with the boys um, and what we do look at week to week as teams we did identify something that, uh, this time to kind of give us a good head start going into the Easter programme because we do know it gets a bit hectic around there and after. Well, all the supporters we've been speaking to on the podcast are really excited about everything that you're doing at Salford, Ian, and just keep up the good work. Congratulations tonight and good luck at all next week. Cheers, Paul. No problem, mate. Cheers. So, Ian Watson, happy uh, with the performance, Paul? Yeah, it certainly was. It's nice now. We've not had a miserable interview for a few weeks. But to be fair, Ian's spot on every week. You know, win, lose, or draw. He's always in the same mood. But um, been delighted for him the last couple of weeks. He's, he's really enjoying it and he's working hard. And uh, I'm sure he'll have the lads ready for, for a big test at Hull on the Friday night. Yeah, looking at the stats, uh, the top meeting maker for Salford was Chris Wellen with 121, Josh Jones with 114, Justin Carney with 109, Cot Jack with 107, and George Griffin with 80. Ryan, you know, Wellen had a good game, didn't he, on uh, on Thursday night? Had to be shifted out to the wing after the injury to Greg Johnson, uh, but, you know, big meter maker uh, on Thursday. Yeah, uh, looking at the tackles, Mark Flanagan with 48, George Griffin with 45, Lee Mossop with 37, uh, Logan Tompkins with 35 and Cockjack with 33. Uh, Paul, you know, they've made some big efforts. Like you said, Flanagan, uh, the, the star of the show with 48. Yeah, he worked his socks off Mark Flanagan. Well, he does every week, though. Mark Flanagan comes off every week and you look at him, he looks absolutely shattered. He looks like he's done 15 rounds with uh, Henry Cooper or something, really, when he comes off the pitch. He's absolutely knackered. And that's what you want. He's a grafter. And he, what Watson said to me is he's like the glue that holds the team together. And I thought that was a really good good thing to say, that. And um, really top, top marksman. But George Griffin, as well, as we said last week, playing out of position, he's not... Um, He's not a second rower, is he? He's a prop forward and he's had to adapt there and play, play there, you know, for the injured Wallerachi. And he's done really well, uh, George, and he, he he works hard every week. George Griffin is a, he's a, he's a top player. We've got some good forwards. Lee Mossop, I think, as well, has, has slotted him perfectly. And he's looked really, really good. Every, every game this season worked hard, made lots of metres and, and put the tackles in as well. Yeah, top carries, Josh Jones uh, with 19, Justin Carney with 17, Wellen with 17, Ben Mernon the Sala with 13, Craig Kotchak with 13, Josh Jones with 19, also up there with the uh, top metre makers as well, Ryan. You know, he had a, he had a good game on, on uh, Thursday against his former side. Josh Jones, yeah, he's a class player, Josh Jones, really good. He didn't play the week before, I wouldn't miss him, he might have picked up a little bit of a knock. Yeah, and the final one, average gain, uh, Michael Johnson with 10 metres a carry, Rob Lewis with 9 metres a carry, uh, Craig Kopjack with 8.23 metres, Gaz O'Brien with 7 and a bit, and uh, finally with George Griffin with 7.5, we'll call it. Um, you know, it's, it's great, obviously, Paul, that you know they're getting big metres, obviously Kopjack with 8 in traffic and also Griffin with 7 in traffic, that's that's a big effort from the forwards. Craig Kopjack takes a bit of stopping, he's like Ben Murray at Matilda. You know, when he gets the ball out wide and he, he attracts defenders, doesn't he? He takes three, I think there's a couple of times I was watching him on Thursday and he's a big man to stop. He'll take like three defenders and that's when your gaps start to appear then. 
and you've got the likes of Todd Carlin, you know, on the side, Robert Louis, Gareth O'Brien, Michael Dobson. There's plenty of people on there who can can puncture a hole or spot a gap as well there. So, uh, but as for Kopchak as well, as, as we mentioned before, uh, he's another one makes a makes a lot of ground and uh, takes a bit of stopping. But Craig's got a good offload as well. I think he's he's not just a head down forward, Craig Kopchak. He's got a, got a bit of a rugby brain on him as well, and uh, that's good to see. Yeah, Michael Dobson and, and Rob Louis also getting big gains. Uh, Ryan, you know them two, you know directed operations around the around the, the you know the playmaking part of Salford and you know getting big meters as well. Uh, only help the goal forward of the team. Definitely, I think them two have been absolutely magnificent this year for us and part of the reason why they're scoring so many tries, so many points, and we're so high at the table. Um, but on top of that, you know we pushed Rob Louis out to centre the past two weeks, and he's he's been absolutely fantastic playing with Tom Carney there and. Um, Having all three of them on the pitch gives us all sorts of options. It must, it must be so difficult to play against Bob Lilly, Todd Carney, Michael Dobson and Gareth O'Brien. We've got threats literally all over the park. Really dangerous team. It's, it's certainly not an easy game playing Salford these days, is it? No, certainly not, uh, Ryan. You know, we're a team on the up. The confidence is up, and you know, any team's going to fear us. I think in the next coming weeks, if we continue to play uh, at the level we're, we're at now. Uh, big thanks to everyone uh, for the three-word match reports and man of the matches. Uh, Sai uh, said, "Getting slightly giddy," and his man of the match was uh, Flash Flanagan. Uh, Colin Reynolds, awesome defence boys, uh, and his man of the match was Dobson. Paul Foster, top-class defence, um, and his man of the match was Chris Wellham. Defence, Ryan. You know, he's a big feature uh, in this week's uh, three word match reports. Yeah, defence was absolutely amazing. Uh, we spoke earlier about Mark Flanagan, 48 tackles. What an effort that was. I thought Lee Mossett put some really big tackles in as well. George Griffin, Coppy, Logan Tompkins all making over 30 tackles. And that's what wins your games, it's the defence, isn't it? Like, if you, if you stop your team from scoring, I don't think Saints scored to. For about 55 minutes into the game for, for a team like Seattle Owens that's pretty poor and that was because of the defence that, that, that we showed that night so uh, yeah magnificent keep it going yeah Chris and Janet Shenton uh, Dobson you were awesome uh, Colin Wilson against all adversity and his man of the match was Dobson um, you know we talked about the referee Paul he did make some really strange decisions but I think it shows the, the team coming out of the other end are able to still get the result despite that yeah I, I watched a bit of the back of what I watched it back you know, a few times now. I've watched the game twice since Thursday. Uh, like the kind of right that I am, and most of the decisions we, you could either either way. Really, I don't think he was like an awful referee. Was he? I mean, the Robert Louis one was, was stupid, really. From, from Louis, it was a bit daft. One. I mean, I did, I did think he deserved to see him, but you can't do things like that, can you? You've got to uh, play to the letter of the law. So, uh, so yeah, there was a few decisions I disagree with, but I don't think he was uh, was, was too bad. But. Yeah, I don't think you've got to concentrate on the referee. I think you just concentrate on your own performance and, uh, like Ryan said, get your defence right. Get your defence right. Defence will, will, will win you the game. Yeah, Julia Coleman, men of steel. Matt, uh, defence wins matches. His man of the match was Louis. Uh, the Suns, Gary Carter, huge for belief. Paul, you spoke to him before the game about our season, uh, and you had, you know, it was a good, it was a good piece. That wasn't it. He was, yeah, he's a good, he's a cracking journalist, Gary Carter, you know, writing for the Sun, he, he does a lot of good stories, also his, his wife Gemma writes a column for the 4020 magazine, so if you, that's a really good mag, that, a really good read, that if you get older, I think you can get that in WH Smith's and all good bookstores <laughs> as well, so uh, he's a really good read, but yeah, Gary's really enthusiastic about, about Salford and, uh, and, uh, and all the local sides as well, and he was excited, you know, talked to me before the game, he can see us finishing top, top six, top four, 
and um, I think a lot of people are starting to talk about it like that now and that's good you know journalists and, and people in the media Gary Schofield had some nice words to say about us in the in the League Express as well so what, what the pleasing thing for me with that is when people are talking about you in a good vein that, that rubs off on people doesn't it it rubs off on the players it rubs off on the supporters and if everyone's singing on your hymn sheet look at Castleford the momentum they got last season off you know building confidence and winning games and, and it helps rather than being negative and having parts deducted if everyone's singing off the same hymn sheet and being positive I think it's, it's the right way to go yeah I agree with that Paul I suppose it's all about getting the positive message out there that this team is, is on the up and like you said the, the rugby league media seems to have woke up to that haven't they and it's uh, it's good to see uh, Chairman Bob uh, guts and determination his man of the match was uh, Mark Flanagan uh, Martin things looking up his man of the match was Flanagan Gary Williams defence wins game games his man of the match was Dobson Jake Chanuk don't know what to say anymore um, consistent battling and strong uh, and his man of the match was either Cockjack or Flanagan uh, Paul King unsung heroes everywhere uh, and his man of the match was George Griffin uh, Nat dominant in defence uh, Flash Flanagan again uh, Neil Howe great team performance uh, and he gave the man of the match to the, to the team Ryan like you say it's pretty difficult to pick a man of the match because they were all so good they were they were, they were all brilliant on, uh, on Thursday there was more than one bad performance from, from 1 to 17 so I thought Dobson and Coffey and Mark Flanagan were standouts for me but also Ben Murdoch the see <laughs> Probably the, the list goes on. Lee Moss have had a good game, um, but yeah, from one to seventeen, you got to say the team were absolutely brilliant. So uh, it is really difficult to pick somebody out. Yeah, Ashley Morehouse complete hard performance, and his man of the match was Louis Harvey. Hard fought battle. His man of the match was Copper, and final one Richard Martin. Unbelievable goal defence, and his man of the match was uh, Louis. Like you said, there the defence was spot on, Paul, and it's it's great to see. Yeah, yeah, certainly was, and we'll need that defence going going to Hull on Friday night because you know when you go there, you're going to get a storm. You're going to get like a storm to weather. You usually do. You get a big crowd against you, and Hull have got a big pack. And I think there'll be, there'll be times in that game where we're going to be tested, and they're going to get repeat sets, and, and you're going to have to sort of bite on your gum shield and, and do the and do the hard graft. So uh, that'll stand us in good stead because we've had to do that against Castleford and at St Helens and Wigan this season, and, and and we've come out. You know, you go back to the Wigan game that second half then we nilled Wigan in a second now so we've shown that we can soak a lot of pressure up in, in matches this season so uh, yeah defence has definitely improved Who was your man of the match Ryan? I went with Michael Dobson two tries uh, I believe he assisted the other one or was that Chris Brining but Michael Dobson I don't think he missed a kick at goal either I uh, thought it was a magnificent performance um, he's the general of our team and he guides the boys around the park I thought he was excellent How are you Paul? Who was your man of the match? Uh, Matt Flanagan for me and I, I thought on Thursday night he was outstanding and, and what tipped it for me was the way he chased back and I think it was Percival I think he tackled um, from, from running back there I thought that was tremendous you know, just to, to come back and tackle a free quarter I know St Helens eventually scored from that play but you know to show that sort of desire in defence I thought it was outstanding I thought he played really well as well Yeah I think I'm going to go for Flanagan like you Paul I think you know he's, he's you know pure effort and commitment to the cause his defence is absolutely outstanding also does stuff going forward as well uh, with the ball and you know he, he, for me you know he, he kind of emphasises what this, this team is all about you know works hard grafts but also has a bit of skill as well uh, to make a difference so yeah my choice for this week was uh, was Mark Flanagan uh, so that was the review of the game against St Helens and what we'll do now we'll look what our amateur sides did uh, in Paul's amateur review 
Well, this week's amateur report, I will start as ever with the National Conference Leagues. In the National Conference Premier Division, Mayfield came up with a good win on Saturday, the 1st of April. They beat Kells by 19 points to 16. It was a struggle for Mayfield, who led 18 points to 12 at half time, but just about managed to hold off the, the fight back from the Cumbrians in the second half to gain the two points. That was in the Premier Division. In Division 2, Askham 50, Saddleworth Rangers 8. Uh, Salford City Roosters went down as well by 46 points to 8 at least at Lee East. So that's five defeats from five for Salford City Roosters who are struggling at the bottom of the table. The try from Connor and those goals from White and Muscat. The City Roosters trailed 22-2 at half-time and, uh, and went down in the second half, as I said, 46 points to 8. Also in Division 3 of the National Conference Leagues, Elland 12, Oldham St. Anne's 36. So a good way for, win there for St. Anne's. Waterhead Warriors went down at home to West Bowling by 40 points to 18. The fixtures for this Saturday, the 8th of April, in the Premier Division, Lee Minor Rangers play Rochdale Mayfield. Division 2, Lee East play Salford, uh, sorry, Lee East play Saddleworth Rangers and Salford City Roosters play Askham. And in Division 3, Gateshead Storm against Oldham St. Anne's and Waterhead Warriors against Clockface Miners. So after the first five games of the season, Rochdale Mayfield, well, they've only played four. They're currently sixth place in the Premier Division. In Division 2, Shadowworth Rangers lie in seventh place with uh, two wins from their opening four matches. Salford City Roosters at the bottom of the table with five defeats from their opening five games. We hopefully Salford City Roosters can get their first win under the belts this weekend. In Division 3, Waterhead Warriors are in ninth place and Oldham St. Anne's are second bottom in 13th. In College Rugby League, it was the AOC National Knockout Cup semi-finals on Wednesday the 29th of March. Hotwood Hall got through. They beat Wakefield by 28 points to 12. In the other semi-final, it was Pontefract 18, Halifax ERA 26. And there's just one fixture this coming week, Wednesday the 5th of April, and that is Wakefield against Hopwood Hall. Hopwood Hall doing very well at the moment. They're top of the Premier Division of College Rugby League. There's no university fixtures this week, so I'll move on to the North West Men's League, where there's quite a bit of action um, the past weekend. In Division 2, these games all played on Saturday. It was Manchester Rangers 24, Bold Miners 14. Berry Broncos 18, Charlie Panthers 16. In Division 3, Fitton Hill Bulldogs 48, Blackpool Scorpions 4, Burtonwood Bridge 16, Oldham St. Anne's A 16. In Division 4, Caddy's Head Rhino 6, Old St. James A 26, Kulchef Eagles 4, Little Hulton Reds 20, Runcorn 30, Langwither Reds 28, Ryland Sharks A 10, Manchester Rangers A 38. And in Division 5, Aspel New Springs 46, Berry Broncos A 8, Blackbrook A 66, Bolton Mets 4, and Saddleworth Rangers A 52, Leyland Warriors A 18. So the fixtures for this weekend, Saturday the 8th of April, are as follows. In Division 1, Folly Lane are back in action. They play host to Bamper Bridge. In Division 2, Bank Key Bulls versus Manchester Rangers. Bold Miners versus Berry Broncos. Rochdale Mayfield A against Lee East A. Division 3, Blackpool Scorpions versus Rochdale Cobras. Fitton Hill Bulldogs against Eccleston Lions. Oldham St. Anne's against Wigan St. Cuthbert's. Division 4, Kulchef. Eagles play the Caddyshead Rhinos. Langworthy Reds play Little Hulton Reds. Manchester Rangers A play the West Horton Lions. And finally, in Division 5, Berry Broncos A against Bolton Mets and Saddleworth Rangers A against Wigan Springview. And finally this week, there's a bit of amateur news. The final 
of the 2017 Conference Challenge Trophy will be staged on Saturday the 23rd of September at a venue to be confirmed. Organisers have opted not to repeat the exercise of playing the game in Manchester on the date of the Super League Grand Final at Old Trafford, which they did last season. 18 of the 52 teams currently in the membership of the National Conference League have entered and holders Rochdale Mayfield will entertain West Hull in the first round on Saturday the 17th of June. Last year's runners-up, Hunslet Club Parkside will host Milford Marlins in a repeat of one of the 2016 semi-finals. Four teams will be involved in the preliminary round on Saturday the 29th of April and the draw is as follows. The preliminary round will be Saddleworth Rangers against Thato Heath Crusaders and Dewsby Celtic against East Leeds. The first round is Instros Bridge against Waterhead, Hunslet Club Parkside against Milford Marlins, Hunslet Warriors against Wigan St. Jude's, Dewsby Celtic or East Leeds versus Saddleworth Rangers or Thato Heath Crusaders, Dewsbury Moor against Drillington, Alton Raiders versus Featherstone Lions, Rochdale Mayfield versus West Hull, and Wigan St. Patrick's against Lee East. And finally this week, we'll have a look at the Northwest Youth League. Sunday, these games were played. We'll start off with the under 18s Division 1. Waterhead had a, had a great victory. They beat Portico Vine by 90 points to nil. In the under 17s Premier Division, Wigan Springview 18, Salford City 28. Great win there for Salford. Uh, Folly Lane 22, Hindley 38. In the under 16s Division 1, Inchroads Bridge 38, Caddies had Rhinos 12. In Division 2 of the under 16s, Oral St James 18, Rochdale 0. Pilkington Rex 46, South Trafford 30. In the under 13s, it was Waterhead Warriors 12, Wigan St. Jude's 16. In Division 1 of the under 13s, Rochdale Mayfield 4, Hindley 34, West Bank Bears 4, Oldham St. Anne's 40. In Division 2, Charlie Panthers 26, Langworthy Reds 10, Saddleworth Rangers 38, Latchford Giants 14. And in Division 3, Colcheth Eagles 18, South Trafford Raiders 0, Haydock Warriors 34, Bellevue Bees 24. So the fixtures for this week will be on the 9th of April. We'll start with the under-18s, Division 1. Lee East will play Langwether. Leyland will play Waterhead. And Saddleworth will play North Wales. In the under-17s, it's the North West Youth Cup. Blackbrook Scorpions versus Salford City Roosters. In the under-16s, North West Youth Cup, it is Waterhead Warriors against Oldham St. Anne's. And in the plate of the under-16s, it's Thato Heath Shields versus Rochdale Wigan. St. Cuthbert's versus Folly Lane. And Lee East versus South Trafford. In the under-16s, Division 1, Caddyshead take on Lee East. In the under-13s, Lee Miners will play Waterhead Warriors. And in the under-13s, Division 1, Blackbrook Blues play Oldham St. Anne's. Rochdale Mayfield play Hindley. Under-13s, Division 2, Langworthy Reds versus Wigan St. Patrick's. And Saddleworth Rangers against Blackbrook Royals. And finally this week, in under-13s, Division 3, South Trafford Raiders versus Lee Miners Rangers Golds. And Wollstone Rovers versus the Bellevue Bees. That's all I've got for this week. I'll catch you next week. Cheers for that, Paul. So now what we'll do, we preview the game against Hull on Friday. It's time on the Devil of the Deep So, Salford Red Devils take on Hull FC on Friday night, Paul. It's going to be a cracking game. 
Yeah, it certainly is. I'm really looking forward to it. Can't wait for Friday. Put myself for a couple of hours holiday at work so I can uh, make that journey up the M62. Really looking forward to it. We can pull this one off. You know, that would really be something to, to win four four games on the track. And I don't I don't see any reason why we can't. You know, uh, I think we can we can win. I think it's going to be really tough, but I'm, I'm confident. Yeah, Hull's always a tough place to go, Ryan. You know, but we're full of confidence after, after the last few weeks. Uh, you know, we've got to be confident about getting a result. Yeah, definitely, especially after winning our last three and beating Castleford Saints and Warrington already this season, going close against Leeds and Wigan as well. And, uh, this this is a really big game on uh, on Friday. You know, it's a, a clash of the top four after eight games. Hull won the Challenge Cup last year, big club. And I, I think we're going to beat them as well. I, I, just, I just feel with Danny out and out and Albert Kelly, who's been their best player. I think this is a really, really good opportunity. We're probably playing them at the best possible time. <laughs> After um, you know letting a big lead slip against Warrington last week, so uh, I think we're going to do. Yeah, Danny Houghton's always a, a danger man, Paul. He's going to be missing, uh, like you said, with Albert Kelly also uh, sidelined. You know, like Ryan says, it's an opportunity for us to, to get a, get the result, and obviously, you know, would send another message out to Super League that you know we are the team uh, in form. Yeah, I mean, how many times do we play? Um sides and the, the the guys are coming back from injury I mean like Matty Smith has been out all season and he comes back against us it's not usually the case where people are out against us is it so uh, so yeah I think that, that could work in our favour but I don't think we should worry about it all too much I think we've just got to concentrate on our performance haven't we and the, the, the things we're doing right at the moment you know let all worry about themselves I think we've got enough in our, in our team to, to worry them you know with Todd Carney Robert Lewis Dobson Gareth O'Brien you know those those pivots and those danger men I think they, they've got a lot to think about there in our team so uh, yeah, let's just back ourselves going to that game confident I think we can get two points yeah Gareth Ellis is struggling as well right you know he's going to be a big uh, miss for them if he misses out oh, big loss big loss he's, uh, he's one of the leaders in their team I believe he's their captain as well I've heard uh, Carlos Tumavare's out Talano is out potentially Green as well along with Albert Keller um, this is a really, really good opportunity with the players they've got out, and I'm sure we'll, we'll put a good performance in on Friday. Yeah, so give me your score prediction, Paul. We've um, brought it down again. Hull 14, Salford 21. 21 14, Reds. What about you, Ryan? I think we're going to win by 12 points. I'm going to go 24 12, Salford. I'm going to go Hull 10, Salford 14, 14 10. I think it'll be close. I think Salford will sneak it. Got a feeling, got a good feeling. Rob's bingo machine has come up with 14 10 this week. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, you know, the boys will uh, carry on that big performance uh, from Thursday night and, uh, you know, beat Hull at Hull. And I think, you know, if you manage to get a result in Hull, uh, you know, it will be a big, big, you know, moment, I think, for the season. Because obviously, beating Saints at home, it's not, it's a game you think, you know, it's, it's all the effort they put into it and, and you know coming away with the points is, is a big message and also if you go away uh, to Hull uh, a top side challenge cup winners uh, you know if to go into their own backyard and beat them would be a big big statement for me so we'll have to wait and see hopefully the boys will, uh, will come back with the points so thanks for listening to this week's Devil in Detail podcast Paul it's been, a, been another great show it certainly has let's just keep this this bandwagon rolling let's just keep getting results and uh, it's, it's, it's always nicer to do the podcast when we've had a good win so I uh, remember after the one after the Leeds defeat we were a bit down hearted weren't we in the Wakefield one as well but since then we're growing in confidence we're winning matches and it's all good so uh, if you can get to yourself to, to Hull on, on Friday night get there because uh, it should be a cracking night yeah cheers for coming on Ryan another great performance by yourself 
<laughs> no worries, mate. That's that's absolutely fine. Yeah, we're looking forward to the game this weekend. Um, to all the fans listening, Leo, let's keep these positive vibes up. Let's 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 uh, get behind the team and get that of the AJ Bell um, and support the boys and up to all this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be a great weekend. Hopefully, Salford will come away uh, with a victory against the FC. So, thanks for tuning in to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I've been Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and WhitelineFeverRadio.com. So, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.